As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, and this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. This is season 16, episode 9. Hello, Aid. How are you? I'm good. I look at the number 9 and I'm like, we're more than halfway through the season. Crazy. Yeah, I know. In the moment. How long do you think we're going to be? So it's 17 episodes? No, they said like extra 22, right? Uh, I forgot. But the People magazine is not a, is not completely accurate, but I think it was 22 because they're adding three extra or something, or 21, because the beyond the whatever, after the season. So maybe we're not halfway. <laughs> I consider reunion part two the end of the season. After the whatever... It's something else, some other show, if you will. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It's been a busy, busy week. Happy Women's History Month. Thank you. Such <laughs> a intersectionality. We finished Black History Month where we can celebrate yeah. Black women. We go into Women's History Month where we can celebrate Black women. <laughs> um, did you get to watch uh, the Traders reunion? No, I haven't gone to it yet. Oh, get your blood pressure pills going. I was fuming. Okay. But, uh, we'll talk I, it's about so it. funny because I'm like, okay, so they go after Siri for winning a game where you're supposed to win. It's the people who go after her. It's like the weakest of the week. But yeah, we'll talk about it when you do. But Just it was pointless one, also. One little question. Was Brandy Glanville allowed to come to the trader's room? Of course she was not. <laughs> <laughs> She's donezo. <laughs> donezo with the, she has burnt her bridges finally. I don't know who's going to hire her. She has gone too far this time. She's not going to be there. I'm trying to remember the second person that wasn't there. Somebody, oh, Reza wasn't there. Really? I don't know his reason, but he wasn't. Thirsty Reza. After MJ joined the agency this week. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah, I was very surprised. I don't know. Maybe he's embarrassed. He left first. I don't know. But <laughs> there's nothing to add. But yeah, um, did you think about watching Perfect Match? I did think about it. 
And the answer was no. <laughs> Honestly, the, a lot of the commentary about Perfect Match is not inspiring me to want to go to watch a show where apparently, once again, no one wants the black women. So I'm not inspired to go watch. Okay. I don't blame you. Like I said, I found it entertaining. But it's just, you know, it's done. The, the final episodes came out this week and no one's together. So it's just hilarious. I feel like you just yes. told me not to waste my time. Yes, don't waste your time. But I liked it. I don't think you would like it from what I know of you. You're just going to think like they're all stupid. And I don't think you're going to I don't think you're going to enjoy it. Uh, but yeah, there there's many other stuff to watch, but yeah. Anywho, uh, any housekeeping we want to share with the people? Uh sure. So guys, just to remind you, if you would like to listen to an ad-free version of our podcast, you can go on Patreon. At the $3 level, you're just going to get ad-free versions of the regular episodes. Um, also, we are Potomac is wrapping up. When you ask me what I've been watching, I'm like, Potomac and Family Karma. Um, <laughs> uh, Potomac is wrapping up. We are so looking forward to doing our a bonus episode about Real Housewives of Potomac as soon as it's done, and that will be up next week. And one more like reminder for for the group: we are a no spoiler podcast, and we also don't want to know any spoilers about the show. So, if at all possible, like please don't share them with us. Thank you. Yeah, we like to stay in our ignorance. <laughs> so, Tain, what is going on in Mapsland? Um. Not a lot with the past couples, but there was a lot going on with our listeners and socials. We posed the question last week when I asked, is Pastor Cal an actual pastor? And we got a lot of you respond. Thank you so much. He's an actual pastor, uh, the progressive church in Atlanta. I think that's when I also realized that I didn't know he lived in Atlanta. Did you Somewhere know that? in my mind, I feel like I knew that he lived in Atlanta. <laughs> It was just, it felt like I knew it, but it did, it was news to me at the same time. So, um, yeah. So he's the lead pastor there and I saw the website and everything and I was like, oh, okay, good for him. And then we asked the question about dogs where we asked you guys, do you call your dogs, your children? And I think the most entertaining answer we got from our listener, Lisa, and she says she does not call them her children. And she, from her experience, she tends to find that people who do not have children are the ones who call their dogs their kids. Um, she also said that she does not have sex with her dog in the room. But then we got another listener. I'm not going to say your names. So I don't put your business out there. <laughs> but <laughs> she said the opposite. Her dog is in the room, and but they give him bones so he doesn't bother her and her boyfriend. And I'm like, that gives a whole new meaning to boning. So... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but thank you guys for sharing like honestly a lot of the responses it was uh very entertaining and like you know we always say we enjoy interacting with you guys um we also got a message from um shannon who says that she has the opposite she's very fascinated by the uptake of people on this show with dogs and how they treat them and integrate them into their lives and to her chris having two dogs is a red flag (laughs) i never thought about it that way she's four dogs not a red flag I think it is, but I think Jasmine separate. I I think because she breeds, I couldn't tell with this episode of the four is all hers or part of the breeding None. situation. Remember, 
in the first episode when she was meeting all the women and she said, oh, every time I want a baby, I get another dog. I have four dogs. <laughs> That's true. So she has four dogs of her own, then nine extra, the breeding ones. That is true. That is true. Um, but Shannon is a dog person, but says that having two dogs is a red flag because you're indicating that you have no room for someone in your life. Because how are you going to make time for it? You have to think about where you're going to give it when you're away. And as we can see with Chris, he didn't seem to have anyone to help out with the dogs. So why are you creating all these things when you don't have any way <laughs> of taking care of them and then having to integrate them with someone else? So that's an angle I never thought of, but yeah. Okay, I, my mind is a little bit blown because I, I I don't even like dogs, but I wouldn't consider having two dogs a red a red flag. Like, listen, everybody, this is the beauty of life. Everybody considers different things as red flags. Something you might consider a red flag, someone would be like, "Oh, that's nothing." So, <laughs> very true. Um, okay, I did watch Couples Cam. How was it? It is boring. Oh, I'm shocked. It is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I watched just to report back. I don't think I can do it again. It is an hour. And where Pillow Talk for 90 Day Fiance is is interesting and funny because the people commenting have personality. There's only so much you can do with this. I think this week when I watched, it was the podcaster guy. I forget his name. Beth and Jamie, Olajuwon and Katina. Um, and that's it. And there just wasn't a lot of personality in there. Olajuwon was doing most of the talking with Katina, like talking over her. And she was just there. Like you could literally see her thinking of what to say. Um, Nicole, um, he did say something funny about Clint and Gina. Like if Gina just gave um, Clint a haircut, maybe he would morph into someone that she, and he would be a whole new person, like take the beard out, cut the hair out. And I don't think that's entirely wrong. I can see that. Okay. Like change him to a completely different person. So she likes that. Make person. him a hairless Siamese cat and then she won't know what hair he is color he has and she'll like him. Yeah, and she I, have as to far as suggestions him. go, they need all the help they can get. So um he does say that Nicole is the best wife. Um Beth feels like someone hurt Gina in her life. <laughs> um so yeah, so that was it for me. And I just, I don't know, maybe other people will be funnier. Maybe I might give it a shot because I think um, Virginia and Claire are going to be on this week. I'll just kind of pop in and see how that's like. But overall, it's not worth the hour. And also, yeah, Woody and Imani. So yeah, I might pop it again. I'm lying. I might check it out again just to see what that's like. <clears throat> um, Noi did a full lunch of her man. So we know what he looks like and he's out there for the people to see. Um, I noticed that I was going through their stories and Tristan from the Dallas season posted like a play that he was seeing Moulin Rouge. And then not long after I saw that Bao was there and I thought I had found T. I'm like, oh my God, who? I just saw somebody that was there. Who else is there? And I'm like, oh, it was Tristan. So there's no T. They just happened to be <laughs> at the same play, but I don't think they interacted. I think Bao is one of the people and Tristan also, they have just completely divorced themselves of everything maths like they don't do the whole hangout with other people and all that so although bow i think is personal non grata but with who with johnny and his friends no with the cast like i think everyone kind of looked at her sideways after she dated zach that's okay. my i have no proof that's just my <laughs> my guess um taylor from the dc season had her usual rant 
not a rant, but she just posted something of maths being awful and how it was the worst time of her life. And she was dealing and she's still dealing with the craziness. And she put 2019 to 2023. And then I check again today and she's going on about, I don't owe you guys any explanation. You can ask me all the questions. I don't want to answer it. I'm not going to answer it. It was a terrible time in my life. So no matter how many questions you ask, they're going to get unanswered. And it's a weird thing. It's like, very weird to, it's like going on your social media to say, don't ask me about the thing that I go out of my way to talk about is odd. Yeah. And also just ignore, like, I don't know. That's yeah. Um, Lindsay was asked, was just talking about maps. I think she was catching up and she's like, Dom makes her so mad and she feels bad for Mac. I don't know if she's going to feel this way after this week, but that's what she said. And she's not happy that Gina is getting a pass. And she's mad at Eris also and said, like, you are not even that good looking. That Jasmine is so beautiful. And Eris is dollar store good looking. That's cold. Sounds like Lindsay, though. Yeah, that does sound like Lindsay. So, you know, I think I would be interested to see her couple's cam. <laughs> um, she's not going to hold back. Um, Jamie of Jamie and Doug, uh, she just posted, we got devastating news this morning. Keep us in your prayers. And we don't know what it is. At least I don't know yet. So I'm sure we'll find out. And finally, Ben got selected for a beach body edition and he was asking for tips. If you guys recall last week, I said he was shooting something. I don't know what it was. It seemed like, I was like, oh, maybe he's a model or whatever. So maybe that's what it was. Um, but good for him. I mean, it's his passion. He works out every other hour. I hope there's money in it. <laughs> that's that's my only thought. I hope that there's lots of money in being in Beachbody. Yeah, I mean, don't they pay their instructors? It has to know. be. Beachbody's an MLM too, so I, I wonder. I thought you were just saying oh. he's in a video, which their videos I've actually heard great things about. But um, the selling shakes and stuff is the other part of Beachbody, so I wonder if he's going to be doing that part. Oh no, I didn't even think of that part. I've used Beach Body in the part in the past. Um, what is his name? Mr. T? Something Coach T. I forget that everybody was doing all that or whatever in some of their um workout videos. So I assume that he will be on the workout part. And if it's an addition, I don't think it's doing with the selling of that. It's the workout part. Cool. That I assume that he'll be doing. So Good for him. So that's all I got with the couples. But before we get into this week's episode, we got a message from Beck. Hi, Beck. Thank you for your message. Um, And it's about family karma, which guys, if we've said it before, if you're not watching, please watch the show. They had a fantastic season, a fantastic season finale. And I, I said it this week that family karma is so pure, pure in the fact that it's organic. It's all the things that a lot of shows, because they've been on for so long and are trying to be manufactured, everything about Family Karma is pure. The parents, the relationships, everything. And that's probably why they don't get ratings. But um, I'll get into the question. There's a gay couple, and one half of the couple is Indian, Amrit, and he got married to Nicholas, who is American. He's white American. And through it all, we've been told, we've done the review for you guys, sorry to go over it again, just for anyone that's new to it. His family has not been involved in his wedding. They did not appear on camera because they're religious and they have their own thoughts on that. So she's asking, did Nicholas' parents get a bad edit on family karma 
Over several episodes, we heard they were Christian and conservative and really uncomfortable. Amrit and other cast members made comments in interview segments implying that it was a shame Nicholas' parents weren't supportive. Then we hear Nicholas say that he talks to his mom every day and they've met Amrit several times. Then they had a great time at the parents' dinner just before the wedding, enjoying to chat about tennis and whatnot. And they were dancing at the crowd and the various wedding festivities. If you watch Watch Happens Live, um, Nicholas and Amrit were on there and Nicholas shed more light on all this. So it made Beck start thinking that the issue really was not wanting to be seen on television. Like, do we want parents to be fully supportive of their kids' being and choices? Of course. Are the hints that Nicholas went to conversion therapy in the past abhorrent? Yes, they are. But it seems like the parents took on a lot of crappy assumptions and projections to fill the vacuum of them not speaking for themselves. And she would like to know if we think... My interpretation is like, maybe the parents were not that bad and they played it up. Was that your interpretation too of the question? Yeah, or yes, that was my interpretation of the question. Okay, so what do you think? Um, I, okay, what Nicholas and Amrit told us is that because of their church, they're not comfortable appearing on camera. They didn't say like, oh, they're not comfortable appearing on camera because they just don't want to be on camera. They're the, they implied or told us that it was linked back to their religious beliefs, followed by us finding out that his sister is not even going to come to the wedding. And once again, Nicholas is like, she goes to a really small church. And the implication to me is that, oh, if they're on TV, then they can't hide my gayness. Like, it'll be known that they're related to me. That's how I interpreted it. Um, So, and I also think, like, you can come see your child and their gay husband. You can be, like, supportive, kind of. But I also think that Nicholas is pretty clear that his parents are not supportive of him being gay. Maybe they've accepted it, but they're not supportive. Yeah. Um, so my, my thoughts on that is I know they don't want to be seen on television. I agree with a, that it exacerbates the whole thing and being on television on a, on a good day, on a regular day is not even, it comes with its own stress in that people have opinions. You can't defend yourself and all that kind of stuff. But I do think that they were not being supportive because there's one thing to not be on television. I truly think that the producers would have respected it. They wouldn't even have done the, the blur thing or whatever. They refused to walk him down the aisle. Mm -hmm. That's has nothing with being on television. Like we didn't see anything of them. I could not tell you who Nicholas parents were. Now we did not see any of the dancing, even when Nicholas was saying hi and all that from the horse, we didn't see anything, but it's the little things like, not walking him down the aisle. That's pretty significant. Yes. So that's where I'm like, again, I'm agreeing with you that they're not supportive, but you know, they're doing the best they can. And I always say coming from, you know, an immigrant family, it doesn't excuse it, but sometimes I think it's just understanding. And this goes for like Amrit's mom, that whole scene where, um, you know, Nicholas felt offended and all that. Like his his feelings are valid, but my heart broke because I don't also, on the flip side, I don't think he understands what it took for Amrit's parents, what they did, how they accepted him. And I know for a lot of Westerners, it's just like, you want your kids happy, that's it and whatever. But we have to understand that we all come from different worlds, different cultures, and things are 
different in some places. What they did was so great, the way they just loved him. And when she was expressing, he brought up the example in the car. And I think she was just venting to her husband. But I don't yes. think she came from a bad part, from a... Again, I'm not excusing and I'm saying that what he's saying is valid. But I'm saying like, it's not her default or the comfort zone of a lot of immigrant religious parents. Yes. Um... I think we need to give grace for them to walk their path. I, I, in my opinion, I think that Nicholas and Amrit have given his parents lots of grace in, in many, many, many ways. But I also, I thought it was very interesting. I got on Twitter during the episode where Nicholas and Amrit and Amrit's parents had that discussion after they kind of had that, I wouldn't even call it a fight, the night before at dinner. And everybody in the internet was like, how dare Nicholas and how dare Nicholas? And I'm like, just because you don't mean to intensely hurt somebody, you can still hurt them. And quite frankly, we all listened to there when Lavinia would not stop saying, oh, you're not doing this. Like, if you dealt with Nigerian parents, you you have heard it. <laughs> it's always about the missing thing instead of the 10 things that you actually did. But I could totally understand from Nicholas's perspective, like, why are you shitting on my wedding? With the wedding that has 10 parts that you picked and two that I picked, and you're sitting there complaining about the one that we didn't do? <sighs> yeah, I, I get it. I see how it's annoying. And I think that's just where it's a culture difference because it's annoying, but the only it's the thing we shit on 90 Day Fiance people about. It's like if you're marrying in another culture, and I get it is both of them. But sometimes we tell people, like, if even when someone's marrying, uh, when Nigerians marry a non-Nigerian, you let them know, like, yes, it's two of us, but really, truly, it's going to be the Nigerian way. Like, <laughs> we tend to overpower stuff, and it's kind of like, are you okay with that? And I think he kind of agreed to that. And I'm sorry, I always feel like if someone's paying for a wedding, they kind of have a say. Yes. If, that if that part I do agree with. If you didn't want the... But yeah. the problem is... And this is where Nicholas, I think, kind of like doesn't get his due. He didn't want this big old wedding. Amrit did. So he was doing something for Amrit because he loves him and they're getting married and he knows it's important yeah. to him. So then he allows the parents to pay because he loves him and he knows it's important to him. And what he gets in return is, oh, you didn't have this cer one ceremony. I don't feel honored. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be mad too. <laughs> I'd be mad too. Yeah. I, yeah. And this is the part where I say like sometimes culture is a bad thing because it feels like, and I think this is what Nicholas felt, where he felt like Amrit was excusing his mom. But again, I understood. There are just certain things like when you grow up with an immigrant parent, they just do certain things and you're just like, eh. you know it's wrong, but it's just like there's certain things you call out and there's just certain things like this is just how you can't explain it. That's why. Yeah, I just think it was a cultural thing, but I don't know, because she's just been so great to him. Like, I was just hoping he would see like her heart and not what came out of her mouth. Like her intent was not to hurt him, even though she she did. So weddings are also just highly emotional and stressful. And at the end of the day, back to Beck's question. I don't think all this stuff would have come out of Nicholas the day before the wedding if his parents 
had been fully participatory if he wasn't yeah. having to like make phone calls and like okay we got to put the cameras down so that my family can come meet your family like all of this is like a stress on him yeah. um and made him feel like inadequate and so it just it all just converged together but this is why i like yes nicholas's parents weren't allowed to, well weren't able to defend themselves or say their point of view but that's a choice that they made and I do think that there is still some sort of lack of acceptance there because if there wasn't, I don't think Nicholas would feel the way that he feels. Yes. And they weren't going to come at some point. If you recall. Yes. He had to be like, they've agreed to come. He gives his parents a lot of grace actually. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, now we're praising them. I think at watch what happens live. We're praising them because they came and because they showed up and stuff, and I'm like, okay, bare minimum. So yeah, to answer your question, it's not just the wanting to be seen on camera. There's other things, and then his sister not showing up—that's pretty major too. So yeah, there's a lot more to go there. But he seemed very happy, and if he's happy, I love it. I love it for them, and I hope they last. So I hope we answered your question. Um, I think uh, Michelle and Risha are not long of this world. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, I have thoughts on that, but I don't think I can say my thoughts. I'll tell you. <laughs> or maybe I've told you before. But, uh, yeah, I don't think they are. I, I don't know about um, Anisha because we don't know her husband. He's cute, though. He is cute. She had a beautiful wedding. Yeah. She cute, pulled a so. Robin, though. How are you going to have your story after the- anyway? I mean, she's barely on the show, but anyways. Okay. Um, back to our people. How'd you feel about the episode? This is not good. (laughs) That's how I feel. How did you feel? You know, it wasn't so bad. It really wasn't so bad. I don't know that I was expecting the divorce. Like, I mean, we've seen hints and stuff, but I just liked the dynamic of the episode. I felt like I got... I got something. I like the couples together. Most half the episode was them together, so it wasn't bad. It wasn't the best. The story but it wasn't moved bad. along. I'll give yes. it that. Yes. Yes. Let me give that. So all right, let's dive in. So we come back from our cliffhanger last week, and it's Mac and Dom sitting with Pastor Cal answering the question, Do you guys want to stay married or give it up now? Mac says, although he feels terrible and like a loser, he still needs to take into account Pastor Cal's outlook before making a final decision. So I think that meant, yes, I would like to stay married. (laughs) Uh Pastor Cal says, ask Dom the same question. And she's like, I'm over it. And he has to probe her. What does over it mean? Are you over this conversation or over this marriage? Which is some weird (laughs) editing because um, I believe that part was played last week, but they didn't include Mac's part. So, okay. So (laughs) there's a long silence. And then she said, she's over all of it. And Pastor Cal is still pressing her. Like, what does that mean? Like, does she want to be married? And she says she would like a divorce. I didn't see that coming. I'm not going to lie. Me either. I thought once Max said yes, she would say yes, just because that's usually what happens on this show. <laughs> <laughs> like a pre-decision day. This is the first time I think we've had a pre-decision day split vote. Because <laughs> usually they either both want out or they're both willing to stay in. Mm-hmm. So Pastor Cal asks Mac how he feels and he says it's tough to hear and he's like, I don't know. Pastor Cal advises Dom that if it's, this is her decision, 
that she takes a lot of time to explore life, to do whatever she wants before she gets into another relationship. And then my jaw was on the floor. Pastor Cal says, maybe, just maybe, 25 was too young. You, you think? <laughs> you think? Like, I can't believe he said that. that. Which just gives people more proof. Like, oh, you guys don't do the math. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's too young. Like, I mean, you guys know where I stand. I just think it's just too young to get married. Talk less of quote unquote experts matching a 25 year old. Why? Whose mom signed up for it? <laughs> Dom disagrees with this 25-year-old business. And Pastor Cal, Pastor Cal says he's not trying to be mean. But if you're going to be in a relationship, you have to fight for it. And it takes grit and it takes strength. And when you go through the hurdles and you go through them, eventually you look back and you can see, oh, we made it through. And you're on an upward trajectory the whole time. But if you choose to quit after the first bump, that's just not what marriage is. I mean, he's not wrong. He says a lot of things, but he's not wrong. Cause the thing is, I just, even when it's someone you're so in love with, you're going to have the peaks and valleys. And it just, the way she kept saying, I'm all good vibes. I'm like, okay, that's great and all, but it's not always going to be good vibes. Oh boy. From the outside looking in, there was nothing that was, it's kind of similar to Morgan in a sense where you're just like, is it really that big a deal? Like, nothing we're seeing is, like, worth the amount of drama. Not the amount of drama, but the quick, like, the quick decision to just be like, okay, I'm done. So it's confusing, I think, from our perspective, why she's making this decision. Like, what did this man do? He wasn't in a good mood? Yeah. Like, it's the hop, skip, jump. It wasn't, like, even, like, Gina, like, let's stay in separate apartments. Let's see how this goes. Let's cool off. Let's sleep on it. It was straight to, I want a divorce. So Max, uh, in an interview, Max says he's really disappointed that this didn't work out, but he's also embarrassed. Pastor Cal also seemed really disappointed, which of course he would be. He's like, I matched you two and I can't even keep you together for two weeks. (laughs) I mean, the silver lining is Max. Didn't get an apartment, so I don't have to break his lease. <laughs> he can go back to Chicago where he really lives. Um, <laughs> they sit down and Dom apologizes to him, but she's very unspecific in her apology. And he apologizes too, but he kind of says it flippantly while he's like taking a sip of wine. So I'm not sure if anybody's really sorry. <laughs> in an interview, Mac is crying um, and he ends up going off camera because he's so emotional. Um, we see Dom packing her one box and her dirty Converse, and then she just walks out of the apartment. This is the box walk that we've seen in commercials, which I should have realized. I knew that that sweater looked familiar. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> so that's the end of Mac and Dom for now. Uh, Jess, for now. <laughs> for now. They're coming back later this episode. <laughs> the story's never done. <laughs> So we see some quick shots of what people are up to on the selfie cam. Jasmine and Eris are walking Duchess, one of her dogs. Um, Pastor Cal says, while one couple has already decided to get divorced, everyone else is settling in. Shaq is putting air into Kirsten's tires. She's like, seems very grateful. But honestly, every time Shaq does something nice for Kirsten, I'm like, I'm not sure you deserve this. We got a comment that we're saying Kirsten's name wrong. 
But I still don't even know what the right thing is, but... Kirsten? Kirsten? It's supposed to be Kirsten, not Kirsten. I don't... I think... I mean, Sorry, I struggle guys. with Stasha, so Kirsten... The fact that I'm not saying Kristen is the best I can do. <laughs> Kirsten. We're trying, guys. Like, as you know who we're referring to. I don't... I'm still not sure what, what it should be. Kirsten. Okay. Kirsten. <laughs> so, we see Gina at the salon... And she tells her employee, I assume, and that they're going to move in and see where it goes. I'm like, well, that's news. Gina's willing to move in. <laughs> Did you see Chris smack Nicole's butt? You know, I missed that. There's an around robbing the, what do you call it? Dateline camera. And <laughs> they were just hugging. And as they were hugging, he just smacked her butt. And I'm like, yay, action, something in this yay. very dead season where nobody <laughs> likes each other. <laughs> Clint we see Clint out throwing a frisbee in slow motion I was like why did they do him dirty like that his face is all contorted it doesn't look good (laughs) so Clint is at some beautiful outside of some beautiful building or structure I have no idea where it is and probably should have looked it up but it looks it looks like a landmark in Nashville um uh he's with his friend Andrew and the, Andrew was apparently at the wedding. They always have to say, oh, I haven't seen you since the wedding. So he asked him how the honeymoon was and he said it was fun and they did stuff. And the friend was, they went they went on a hike outdoors and the friend is like, oh, does she usually do outdoor things? And he's like, well, she doesn't do anything outdoors because she's very focused on her hair salon. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Clint is all of us though. He's tired of hearing about this hair salon. Um, but I'm like, what does one have to do with the other? <laughs> um, Andrew is, Clint tells us that Andrew is married and has a child and he's been in a lot of relationships. So Clint thinks he can offer him some good advice and he'll listen to him. Clint repeats for Andrew everything we've already heard. They talk to Pastor Cal about the physical attraction. They don't have physical gravitation. I kind of enjoyed this description. Hands don't go want don't want to go seeking in different areas. Then there's something about finding attraction from the inside out. Andrew <laughs> makes the excellent point that yes, you can build attraction, but he says usually it builds through like friendship by like being around each other, no pressure, and then you just kind of look at the person differently one day or over time. And uh, he's like, there's a lot of pressure here. <laughs> it's not the same. <laughs> I, I think he just clocked for me what my issue is this season. And I don't know if that's been the same everywhere. It's every time I see a new face, knowing what the conversation is going to be. If we see Clint and Gina, we know that the conversation is going to be the physical attraction is not there. She got offended because I said this. If we see Eris and uh, Jasmine, we know it's going to be the sexual chemistry is not there. We're not having sex. It's not that whatever. Like for every single person, it's the same thing. And we have to hear it. Even though it's new people they're talking to or meeting, it could be Pascal. It could be the other couples. It could be family and friends. But for us, we have to hear it over and over and over again. Amen, sister. And that gets old. Very, very old. So why is this unique to this season? I I just don't recall it being this way in other seasons. They have nothing else to talk about is all I can think of. Because I think by now they would, either we'd get like a surprise issue that we hadn't heard about, but the problems that they have are very singular. Mm. 
because they're all focused on the things they don't like. There is that. Mm. Clint makes the point that I think Tay made or someone in our messages made before that Gina's dog Hank is the same hair color as him. So what is this? I don't vibe with redheads. <laughs> I think it was a listener that said that. <laughs> but also, it's a dog. <laughs> it's not the same. <laughs> comparing glitz to a dog <laughs> i think the thing that throws it how you know gina is saying a bunch of bullshit is like she says her ex was a redhead but she said she doesn't vibe with them now do you not vibe with them because you had a bad experience with your ex or you just don't so and if you had a bad experience what does that have to do with poor clint <laughs> <laughs> all right guys we'll be right back they say time waits for no one and neither should payday to keep your money moving in the direction of your dreams, get Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. You can use the money you get from Earn In to make sure you have your spending money ready for your fun spring break trips to the beach. Make Earn In a part of your financial routine and join Earn In's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earn In, I think about financial stability and security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earn In today, that's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Alto Call on the podcast because when you sign up, it'll really help the show. That's Alto Call on the podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max, see earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. If you're like me and looking to cut back on alcohol this year, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. They've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like a lime margarita and a grapefruit paloma, which happens to be my favorite, so you can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. Zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% off the Recess Mocktail Sampler at takearecess.com slash MAFS. Each can of Recess is a lightly sparkling mocktail made with real fruit and only 25 calories or less. It's a guilt-free way to unwind. They taste just like your favorite cocktails, without the alcohol. Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make Recess Mocktails your drink between drinks or your forever mocktail. Get 15% off Recess Mocktails now at takearecess.com slash altercallmafs. That's A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. So you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. And we are back. Um, Eris meets with cousin Felina. Ugh. So as Jane said, um, you're going to hear the same conversation. So he tells Felina the same thing. Not into her. She's attractive, but not his type. <laughs> Is it me or does Fallon look oddly pleased with this set of circumstances? Girl, I could literally see the fingers being rubbed with glee. <laughs> I mean, but Felina did make an excellent point to him. She, because he does his whole, oh, she'd be if I was sick, she'd be by my side, foreshadowing people. Um, <laughs> that should count for something. Fallon said, "What does it count for? You said a lot, but you haven't helped me identify." <laughs> he says, "That's it." So Fallon says, "You guys haven't had sex." Wait, why are you calling her Fallon? <laughs> Sorry, I haven't written my notes as Fallon because the short for Fallon. Anyway, Felina, Felina. Um. So Felina says, what does all this she bet by your side count for? You've said a lot, but you haven't helped me identify like what's what's going to move you forward, basically. And he says, that's it. And Felina's like, you guys haven't had sex. And of course, he repeats, oh, my sexual desire is just not there. Um, and when pa- then he tells Felina that when Pastor Cal asked her about it, she handled it like a lady, very mature, that I understand that's not where he is, but hopefully it will change. Felina, once again, is trash-talking Jasmine's answers because they're not up to whatever standard she has set for answering questions. And she tells us in an interview, that sounds very textbook. Um, If that hurts you, you should let him know that it hurts you. Now, on one hand, I don't like Felina. On the other hand, she kind of has a point. She don't got no point. Respectfully, fuck Felina. I can't stand that girl. Because (laughs) you would think that Jasmine has personally done something to her you didn't hear what she said. You heard the interpretation of what Eris said. Like, even if it's a sequel for the sisterhood, give her the benefit of the doubt that she may have said something and he's just downplaying. He's a very chill dude. You are just determined to hate her and everything she says is wrong. Like, for someone you do not even know. Screw that. I don't like her. She's bad vibes. So Felina invites Eris to the housewarming and she says, no, she's not going. She doesn't want to be invested in something that isn't going anywhere. And what killed me inside is that she's right. This is not going anywhere. But as a cousin, you should not have said that. But she's just negative vibes. That's negative vibes, Dom, if you want to see some negative vibes. Listen, she's doing too much. I think, I, I don't know if I said this last time, but somebody on Twitter was like, I don't think they're like blood cousins. Someone was like, are they just like their parents grew up together? So you started calling her cuz? Because again, she's acting like this is personal. We've said it and we've said it before. Even in this brief conversation with family karma, at the end of the day, all you want with your family is to support. If it fails, it fails. Then deal with it then. But in the meantime, why are you making his life harder where he has to broker peace between his new wife that he doesn't know and you just because you want to win something or be right? How does that help your cousin that you love so much? It's just stupid. I don't get her end game. Uh, I think her end game is to be right. So she says, 
Felina asked him, oh, do you want to be married? And he says, yes. So he tells her to go have sex with his wife, which later on Jazz, Jasmine is going to talk about why this is like really not great. Like, I don't understand. On after why party. would you, an after party? Like why? It is very flippant to just say, oh, you don't seem to have feelings for her or be attracted to her. Uh, just go have sex and hopefully it works out. Like there's two people involved here. There's feelings involved here. It's bad advice. Very disrespectful too. You literally just said you don't want to go because you don't want to get invested because things are not going to work out. But then you say go have sex. Like what? So they must know each other. She must know someone that knows something that Jasmine must have done something to, but she doesn't want to say it. Um, I don't even think it's that deep. I just think she's, uh, well, I think the deepness comes with her possessiveness towards Eris and his choices. Weird. She said, Felina says that she doesn't pretend to know everything, but she did tell you that you shouldn't have gotten married. And you, and here you are married. So you have two choices. Either go home and work on that process of getting connected, which I would say is actually pretty decent advice, yes. or go on and get up out of here. Don't waste any more of your time. She doesn't mention Jasmine's time in here. Just just Eris's time. Now you know she's going to be at the reunion with Kevin. <laughs> she's going to be the family member that comes out, and Jasmine is probably going to have Aunt Patricia on her end, because every season we get that one segment that no one asked for. I mean, I would be curious if Felina would show up because she's the one saying, I don't want to invest any more time in this lost cause. <laughs> so next up, Nicole meets her friend, Julianne. I mean, as Tane said, everybody's got their topics. <laughs> they talk about her rings and whatnot. Um, and basically, Nicole regurgitates her same thing about she doesn't want to run all over him. Um, she does say that she thinks that he's being himself and it's her fault because she's waiting to find out something is wrong and waiting for the other shoe to drop. The most interesting part of this conversation was when Julianne said peachy keen jelly bean. I was like, I've never heard that in my life, but I might need to introduce that into my vocabulary. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I know a lot of people think Nicole sounds crazy, but I mean, it's more common than we think. There's a lady on Married at First Sight Australia who doesn't like her husband because he compliments her too much. Let's not so, forget the original, Diana, where she went to Greg and said it's too much with the compliments. <laughs> I know, but I mean, the waiting for the shoot to drop is very understandable. It's very hard to get used to being treated well after you, 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 you're used to being treated like shit. You're just like, okay, all right. The jig, where, where, where am I being punked? It's a difficult thing to retrace your head around. And good news, I think Nicole is working on that. And I loved in the interview when her friend Julianne said, she's changed. She's more open and more vulnerable. So even in a couple weeks of marriage, her friend has noticed a bit of a change in Nicole um, and says that she wants this to work. So that was some nice time filled in. (laughs) I got to tell you that even I noticed physically a change in Nicole. I feel like in the very first episode before they got married and all that, she just looked really stressed. And then since she got married, there's been a lightness to her. And she just seems to be glowing. That sounds cliche, but to me, that's what she looks like. Like, she got even prettier. Aww. So, because Gina's decided to move in, we see Gina with her suitcases. Clint says he's moving to the other room. I'm assuming he's taking the less good room because he's being nice. <laughs> Do you give Gina points for moving in? 
No. I think she should have gone to the less good room since she's the one who decided to move in second. <laughs> she read double the shit, though. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> They're staying in separate be- bedrooms because it feels natural and best to us. When Gina tells us that she's giving it her all in the journey and hopefully creating a life together, I mean, I understand the sentiment, but I'm like, I really think you guys are doomed. Yeah. So, Eris and Jasmine, they have a conversation. Um, They discuss how he went and met Fallon, Felina, Jesus. He went and met Felina. And then we find out that when they were making the guest list, Jasmine said that she did not want Felina on the guest list. So I was just like, if Jasmine said that I don't want that woman in my house, and she said it much nicer, why did he invite her? It was very unclear when I watched it, because I was going to ask you, did she refuse to invite her or did Felina, you know, say that she's not coming? But I think we get clarity later on in the episode as to what happened. Because we didn't actually see her say, I don't want her. She just wasn't going to, she was not happy about the name. She was not refusing to write it down. She's like, what? Huh? What? I don't know that. What? She just, she wasn't going to write it down, which to me says I don't want her there. I don't think that was very clear. Like, no, it was very yeah. clear to me. <laughs> no, it was very clear that she didn't want her, but I don't think it was clear like, no, she's not coming into my house. I didn't get that. I just get like, no, I don't want her here, but she's your cousin. I might as well invite her. I just got the guy that she didn't want her. Um. So Jasmine says that Felina is not a person that she's comfortable being around. Um. And Jasmine says that Felina had said that she's fake. And Eris then tells her, oh, I invited her and she didn't want to come. And Jasmine says, good. Then it's obvious that it's mutual. Then Eris tries to make some nonsense excuses for his nonsense cousin. (laughs) Well, you know, Felina, she just has very strong opinions on things. And if you don't react, basically, if you don't say what she thinks you should have said, then she might not like you. And it's just like, okay, your cousin sounds like a ding dong. Like this is, you're not helping her case any. <laughs> I did enjoy Eris thinking that maybe one day in the future they can get close and they'll be laughing about when Felina didn't want to come to the housewarming. I you know, know, I admire the optimism that he might actually stay in a relationship with Jasmine and that they might repair their relationship with Felina. He tends to do that though. He refers to the future in conversations. Meanwhile, saying I, uh, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, <laughs> Okay, so people are getting ready for their housewarmings. Chris and Nicole are decorating in the flamingo theme, and we see a flashback where she said, "Let's have a flamingo," and then he said, "Oh, I make a really good buffalo chicken thing," and she shot down his buffalo chicken because it didn't fit with the flamingo theme. What in the hell fits with a flamingo theme party? <laughs> So then she, we see this like huge stack of boxes of all this stuff that she ordered for the party. Um, and then she pulls out a shirt and she's like, okay, the shirt. So she has this shirt for him to wear. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, last week, Tane said the next time that there is a discussion that Chris needs to be the one to give in. And he failed his test because he refused to wear the shirt nicely quietly but he's just like no it's not really my style oh I don't really want to wear it I'm like this girl done gave up her dog 
and has agreed to live in separate apartments and you cannot wear this shirt. Boo, Chris. <laughs> I can give him a pass on this because it wasn't something major. <laughs> uh, okay. I just, I, I, the fact that it is something minor means that he should have given in all the same. Because if he gave in, then it becomes the whole case of uh, Justin and Alexis. I gave up my dog for you, so you should do this. I gave up my dog for you, so you should do this. She needs to save it for when she really needs it. Okay. I still think he should have worn the shirt. (laughs) So you think he was like a Mitch? (laughs) (laughs) A little bit. A little bit. Shaq, uh, Shaq and Kirsten are still working on their decorations when their guests come through the door. Um, and Kirsten says that they decided to do their housewarming with two married couples so they could get advice. I thought that was very good and very strategic. Oh, I had a different thought. <laughs> I mean, it turned around by the time. I gave a half side eye because it was giving, you know those people, there are people who believe like married people should not have single friends. Okay. That was the vibe that I got. When they said, oh, we should just have two married people and blah, blah. I'm like, mm, is that where they're coming from? So they were on watch with me. I just took it as we're in an eight week experiment where we're trying to stay married. We need all the help we can get. I think that was a good time to talk to some successfully married people. So their friends ask about the honeymoon and they talk about activities. You know, I'm so triggered when I hear activities. I'm like, how did these people manage to go on activities and have a good time? And they blew up Dom and Max's whole relationship. <laughs> Tasha and Kirsten are Shaq's friends. Takina is Kirsten's cousin, and then Glenn is her husband. I think in the Chiron, they even put cousin-in-law, and I was like, that's quite a bit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Tasha asks, how romantic did the honeymoon get? And Shaq was like, basically gets around to the real question is, did they have sex? And Kirsten says, no, they didn't consummate. And Glenn says, no consummation, just conversation. (laughs) I was like, that's a good one. Uh, they talk about the kissing again and Kirsten t- says, well, I'm not really a good kiss- kisser. And Glenn is like, well, she really needs to allow Shaq to be the judge of that. I mean, I can't believe she's saying that with a straight face. Um, people seem to think that she's saying that because she's not attracted to him. And I don't even know what's worse, that or you really genuinely thinking you're not a good kisser. So then you're not going to find out with your husband if he thinks you are. The more she says it. The more I'm starting to believe it's true. How does she know she's a... Okay. But I agree with I agree with her cousin-in-law. She really needs to allow Shaq to be the judge of that. Yeah, I mean... Even... Okay, like, let's say she actually does believe it. Share the story why you think you're a bad kisser. Like, I can't believe no producer asked her that. Why do you think you're a bad kisser? Did someone tell you that? Or you just feel like you don't give your best? I I don't know. Or who's the person we had that didn't like, like they just didn't like the saliva and all that stuff that comes with it? I don't know, but give us context. It was someone, but I can't remember who it was. Was it Deanna? No, it wasn't Deanna. Okay. It was someone more recent. (laughs) Someone will tell us. Um, so they have their separate conversations where Shaq's friends go off with Kirsten and Kirsten's friends go off with Shaq. Was it Brianna? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, keep going. <laughs> it wasn't Brianna. I, I think it was maybe another show. Maybe what? not Maths. You know what? 
It was Raven. <laughs> Raven. Was it Raven from Love is Blind? No. Oh, it was the Love is Blind season three, season two. The girl that divorced Jarrett or whatever his name is. Ayana, there we go. Ayana, it was Ayana. <laughs> Look at us figuring things out of it. Sorry, guys. <laughs> it was Ayana. <laughs> Like you tried to malign Deanna and Brianna. <laughs> I'm sorry, wrong show, guys. It's too much. <laughs> May have conversations about attraction. I appreciated that Shaq asked her cousin, Am I being too patient? The cousin doesn't really help because she's like, Well, you need to figure out what she needs and when. And there's moments where she needs the dominant force, which is tricky to figure out. I was like, You haven't provided this man with any help. <laughs> Um, but Takina is very positive in her interview. She says there's room for them to grow and she hopes they can move past friendship and be intimate and physical and husband and wife together. Um, and, and her husband says they have to let the chemistry build through intention. Tasha and C Christian, who are talking to Kirsten, say that they were friends for a year and then he started to see how, what a beautiful person she was and she had just been next to him the whole time. And he asks if they're warming up. Like, is it better than day one or day two? And it was a little bit of awkward silence. So I, I don't know if that's that's good. She said yes. I like the <laughs> way, like, the progression. They're like, is it better than day one? She goes, yeah, it is better. Then they're like, is it better than day two? Then she was like, yeah. And then she laughed. But it's progress. I don't, I don't know. Kirsten, Kirsten just irks me a little because it's like, I don't like the, ambig the ambiguousness of it all. Like, they're... Their body language says yay, but the words coming out their mouth says nay. You asked me if I thought they were going to be a Karen or a Miles or a Jasmina and Michael, and mm -hmm. I'm firmly Jasmina and Michael. Wow. Like a lot of the internet. Work. A lot of the internet thinks that she does not like him at all. But every time she gives advice to people, she's telling them, try, do it. And I'm, Anyways, yeah, she confuses me a lot. So at the end of this, Tasha asked about decision day and she asked Kirsten if she thinks she wants to be with Shaq for the rest of her life, which I actually think is a pretty big question, but she, uh, Kirsten says that she can't answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it's time for Nicole and Chris's party. I love their decor and the flamingo theme and everything. And the shirt he has is not bad at all. And I like her little jumpsuit. Um, so their guests are Chris's brother, Brandon, um, Nicole's friends, uh, I don't know, her name is Nicole too, and Nikki? That could be wrong, but that's what I have. <laughs> but her friends were not on theme, but his brother was. And I'm like, she thought of the theme, so why are her friends not on theme, but his brother <laughs> is? <laughs> that was confusing. Um, they put lays on everyone. Um, she shows them around the apartment, shows them their wedding picture, the one that she likes now that they have on display is so gorgeous. I don't think I noticed that pretty arc. Well, is it an arc? It was like a full circle. Did you yeah, notice that? Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> we talked about whether or not I thought it was a hapa. Ah, okay. That was behind and it was gorgeous. It was very pretty. And then she brings up, oh, the one that she really hated. She brought it out, but it was not terrible. I don't know. Did you get a glimpse of it? I understood why, especially when you compare it to the second one, I could see why she did think it was terrible, but you're right. It was not that bad. 
Yeah, I think it was not that bad. I don't think it was terrible. Maybe it wasn't great, but it wasn't. It didn't warrant a rant. <laughs> so they talk about the cheesy matching shirts, and she says that she was happy that he said no and put his foot down. And I know that Chris is kind of taking the glory for putting his foot down. I don't quite think it played out that way. I think she kind of forced him to say, <laughs> to say no. I think giving a little more time, he probably would have been like, ah, fuck it, I'll just wear it. But she's like, you can tell me. If you don't want to wear it, it's fine. I wouldn't be mad. Just do what you You need to be comfortable. You need, And he's like, okay, yeah, I'd rather not. And he gave a lot of explanations. But, I mean, he still stood his ground. Um, her friends are like, don't let her bully you. <laughs> I, 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 when her friend said that, I did kind of get to a point where I'm like, I'm not really feeling this anymore. They're making it sound like Nicole is some sort of demon. <laughs> Which, if she was, okay. But I don't see signs that Nicole is a demon. I mean, I think they know better. But I think the friend is right where... That may be her true nature, but I think she's adjusting because she's married and she's conscious of it. Okay. That's what I think. But I also think that it's being exaggerated in some way because they don't really have much conflict. So they, they just got nothing. Throwing <laughs> it out like buzzwords. So her friends steal Chris to go into the bedroom and then they mention the bully again. And then this time Nicole is like, don't let them bully you. So they ask him if there's something she does that annoys him. And he says, like, you know, she just gets more upset than he does. But that he's fine with it. It's nothing major. That he likes that she is strong and she's opinionated. And her friend says, like, you know, I like that you've already accepted this part of her. That you're accepting her. So he says he doesn't know what their roadblock will be. That it's coming. He knows. But until then, we switch to his brother and Nicole making chit-chat in the kitchen. He's asking about the theme. And then the second of Chris's friend who was late, Devante, he knocks at the door. So Devante joins the conversation and Devante asks if they've had arguments. And she said, not really, but she notices that he's appeasing her and it's admirable, but she knows that in past relationships, everyone and their mama has told her that he got walked over and she doesn't want that to happen, that there is room for both of them to be happy. Um, but she doesn't want to, at the same time, be annoying and ask, is this really what you want to do every single time? Um, she doesn't. She just doesn't want him to do things that only please her, and then he's miserable, and that she's open to compromise. So I think that's what I mean by Nicole is very aware. Not of the cameras, a little bit of the cameras, but aware of... She's in a new role in her life as a wife and is conscious that she has to accommodate another person. Okay. So um, Chris tells them how she's worried that it's too easy, but it's probably because she's not used to it. And the friend is like, yeah, that's true that she's not used to it. And then they bring up the whole thing of him not being a pushover and this is the one I'm over. I'm over the whole pushover thing. Everyone keeps saying he's a pushover. I do not see Chris as a pushover. He told her from the very beginning, if you're in one of your moods and you think that you can take it out on me, I'm not going to have it. When she said that she never really wanted kids or whatever, he was pretty adamant. Like he put a stand like, I see that in my life too, in specifically. So it's something we're going to talk about, but he gave room for her. Like we have to come to that decision by themselves, but he didn't say, okay, whatever you want to do. And this man is the one who came up with a nine month lease. So I don't, where is the pushover here? 
So, um, yeah, so I'm not buying that either. It's like, um, and this is true of all of us. Nicole has a story that she tells about herself and Chris has a story that he tells about himself. And I do not doubt that those stories are true to some extent. Yeah. But they've clearly come to this relationship and decided to do something different. Mm -hmm. So why are they still telling the same old stories? It's very hard. I always say this. It's harder to unlearn than to learn. So you say something for so long to get used to it. And maybe it's a testament to having a good partner. So we move on to Jasmine and Eris. Um, Jasmine has Taylor, her sister, and her aunt Patricia. And Eris has his friends, Mike and Reggie. And all I could think of is, where's Cheese? Same. Where's Cheese? (laughs) Can't give us a man named Cheese and not bring him back. So I don't think they had a theme. There's just food. It looked very nice, though. Yeah, it was a spread that was there. So they come with Jasmine's dog, Duchess. And Eris mentions, when his friends are there, Eris mentioned, like, she has four. And then the friend made a face. And her aunt was like, why? Why did you make that? Is that a lot? He's like, "Um, that's a lot. I'm like, no, truly. Like, even for dog people, isn't having four dogs, like, a lot? You have to (laughs) walk them and feed them and care. Oh. That bills alone on four dogs, I can't imagine. Yeah. So they ask what their struggles have been, and Aries says that they're not the best communicators. And I'm like, why are you speaking for both of you? But then she agrees. So maybe I forgot, temporarily forgot that she's not the best communicator. I know he's not, but I didn't know she wasn't either (laughs) in this. So he gives an example of when they were making the guest list for this party. And the whole Felina thing comes off and she just kind of brushed it off. But after he left, she sent a text message and was like, hey, I don't think I would feel comfortable with her being at the party. That he would have preferred for her if she said it in a moment. I I don't know that she did anything wrong. (laughs) Some people don't like saying, they like to process what they're going to say before they say it. I think what matters is that she actually said it and it wasn't like two days, three days or a whole day. It was just after he left the house, which I'm interpreting as ours. And she has to be sensitive because it's a family member and you're the newest person in his life. And she sent it to you in a text message where she was comfortable and she could articulate what it is that she felt. So how is that an example of someone who's not the best communicator? Um, I would agree with you that her sending it. I mean, I could understand saying like, well, we had a conversation about it and then you didn't use our conversation to tell me exactly what you wanted. You waited until I left. But in our minds, I think we're like, well, she didn't work out exactly what she wanted until after you left. In his mind, she didn't communicate it. And then she sent it in a text message afterwards when she could have just told me. Yeah, but they're still new. What is it? Two weeks now? So I don't know. Um, the friend asks, is it a personality clash? And Jasmine says she doesn't think it is. I actually don't think it is. I think this is where Eris's personality works in their favor because he's not, imagine if it was like an Olajuwon or something, you're not going to talk about my cousin. That's my family that has been there. But Eris is so chill. Like, I don't know if he's mad, if we're going to be able to tell when he's mad because he's on one mode and one mode only. And I think his personality here is very chill and then he can let things slide and not make it a big deal. Yes. 
<laughs> but like you said, he's very chill, which is why when his cousin to me talks to him kind of like crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's just like, oh, okay, that's her personality. Instead of I'm kind of annoyed with Aries because I do think that he could provide a better defense of Jasmine. And maybe he has and we just haven't seen it. But we see him like trying to explain Felina's behavior to Jasmine. We don't see him defending Jasmine to Felina. But that's why I said it, it's in their favor in this, in their communication, in their whatever it is that they think is a communication issue clash. Not in everything that he does just in this situation, like when he's going to be dealing with Jasmine. Cause I think even when you watch Jasmine on after party, she could get turned. She is permanently turned on after party. <laughs> yeah. I don't, she's like on defense mode on after party. And it's like, relax. To me, I'm like, how badly did this thing end? Yeah. <laughs> that she like, is this like hyphy. Yeah. And it's just triggers her or something like that. So that's what I mean. In that case, two turned people, not good, but here in my work in that thing. But yes, I agree with you that he doesn't defend her as best he could. But on the flip, he's understanding of why Jasmine feels the way she is. He doesn't like go to Felina's defense, I think. Mm-hmm. So um, so the friends ask how he feels since that's his family. And he says, like, these are two important women in my life. This is him again talking about the future. But it's early and he just needs to give that situation grace. Her aunt says, like, you know, you're married now. You have to make your wife comfortable. And then from nowhere, she's like, so are you going to give me a tour of the house or the apartment? AKA, we want to talk to you privately. (laughs) How are you going to tour this apartment? Like, very good. Here's the kitchen. Here's the bathroom. That's the the bedroom. The end. (laughs) So he says, depending on what happens after, um, this space is because they're saying like the apartment is nice and he's like depending on what happens after this place is not, is too small for four dogs I'm like you're in a rented apartment you have a house what are we <laughs> this is very confusing so her aunt asked him well how would you feel if she was willing to give up her dogs and this man who does not have a filter in his life he's like oh I'll be super excited and <laughs> her aunt's jaw drops and she's like what I was like I mean you asked He's like, no, for real, I will be excited. Like, he was like, well, Duchess can stay, but the rest, they can get out of here. <laughs> I just thought, this man has some balls to talk about someone giving up dogs while he runs around the town telling everybody she's attractive, but I'm not attracted to her. <laughs> oh, it's funny. So she tells his friends because they ask what her concerns are. And she says that her concerns is that they're not having sex and they're not trying to rip each other's clothes off. If we had a shot for every time she said this, rip each other's clothes off, we'd be drunk. Oh, so boring at this point. <laughs> um, he's very clear that he's a sexual person. So read between the lines. So they ask if they think that the experts picked right. And she says she does think the experts picked right. And they, they would be great together. They just need to be honest and work through the hurdles. Hey, this just reminded me. I had a thought. If we need to switch maths around, what do we think about we set up a wedding, we have all the things, but they give them pictures ahead of time to pick. They give them three pictures. And you pick pick out a whole bunch of people that you think would be grooms, pick out a whole bunch of people that you think would be brides, and you give them pictures to pick who they find attractive and then match those people. 
You know, I think even the idea that they had some choice might be really good. Yeah, because I think in, when these things happen, it's very easy, even though they never I've actually blamed the experts, but they're usually like, oh, I don't find them attractive. But that would take away that element because that's a crutch, I think, that they just lean on and think that's the cause of all their problems. But if you picked it and you have to take the, not the shame, but you're the one who picked that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's on you. I'm just wondering how they'll switch things out. Like maybe it's truly not. It really is going to still be married at first sight because it's until you see them physically. But I'm just thinking if we continue at this rate, we're not going to have any couples anymore. So if you pick the person and you see, oh, they're bald, I don't want that. Then you go with someone with hair and maybe that starts things off right. And I was just going to see what you thought about that. I think at this point where we're facing a season where we have four dead on arrival and one couple that gives us hope, I'm willing for anything to be changed or for them to try something new. Like this is not, we know full well that no one's making it past decision day besides Nicole and Chris. And we're only halfway through the season. That's not cool. I hope they haven't, I mean, wishful thinking, I hope they haven't filmed the next season because I think part of what I don't like about factory filming is you don't get to learn from the seasons before so I'm wondering and hoping that if they haven't filmed they can see like this is a possibility you have four people that don't like each other you can't have back-to-back of this kind of seasons and survive is a strong word they are going to still do well but they can't have back-to-back seasons like this I'm 95% sure that they're ready they're in the middle of filming the other season right now Okay, if they're in the middle, I'll take that. But they need to switch something up and please, God, do something. So, anyways. um, They ask his expectations. This is Jasmine's um, aunt and sister. And he says he just feels like they need to plan. If not, they're just going to go to work, come back, go to work. And I'm like, plan what? I don't know what that meant as his answer. Um, his aunt, her aunt says that she's a ride or die for Jasmine and she's in this. She knows that Jasmine is in this and is he willing to put the effort to show that he can fall in love with her? Eris seems a little bit on the spot and he's like, I mean, we'll try and we'll see where it goes. (laughs) I mean, the man doesn't lie. Jasmine said this. She was like, regardless of if it hurts or not, he's just going to say the truth. So we'll see what happens. Um... Dom is with her mom ah, and tells us um, that her mom is disappointed and she feels like she let her mom down. She said she wishes she had the opportunity to talk to him. That's her mom saying this. And Dom says, no, that there really wasn't anything that could be done, that he was being petty and he was very vocal about things he didn't want to do. I'm like, wow, that really meant a lot to her. I mean, I mean, that makes sense. She said before the wedding, she wanted someone that could skin a rabbit. And then you got someone who doesn't even want to ride a horse. So, <laughs> uh, so her mom asked if she expressed to him that complaining was a bit much. And she's like, yeah, I did. And she's like, well, did he have time to change it? Her <laughs> mom knows her daughter, which is why. Okay. I don't think Dom is lying about maybe Mac being the Jekyll and Hyde thing, but I don't think Dom is also taking any responsibility about the part that she played, but her mom knows. Mama's be knowing. 
zero responsibility and yes that is part of the reason why there's very limited sympathy from me like i said it sounds very petty and i found her mom asking like you complained then you gave him what like a couple days to try to improve yeah and then you were just like deuces i, <laughs> I just I, it, I it's just if someone asks her why did you break up because he didn't want to do things and because he was negative. I just, how long did you know him? Two weeks under a high pressure situation? Wow. So and her then mom. You call him petty and you call his <laughs> concerns petty. And I'm like, it's hard for us to judge. Was he being petty or were you just not taking him and his concerns very seriously? Because you didn't think they were important. Yeah. Because everyone's going to have their own interpretation of stuff. So I'm sure in her mind, it was very valid, but we're never going to know just the two of them. So her mom asked her if she feels that she being Dom could have done something differently, like be more patient. (laughs) And she goes, no, that she had enough time to know that this is not the relationship for her. Her mom is trying to say, and she started speaking, saying, you know, with him being 34, and then Dom cuts her off. And she's like, yeah, would have expected more. And I think her mom was just really watching what she says, because I think she wanted to tell her daughter the truth, but didn't want to make her daughter seem like the villain also. So she was being very careful with her words. So her mom asks, do you plan on seeing him again? And she says, yeah, she doesn't feel the need to. And she's set on her decision. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Gina and Clint have their party. It's all women. Gina's friends are women. Clint's friends are women. Gina said it would be good to have an outsider perspective that they're not pressing the physical, but they're just building the foundation. I feel like they seem lighter. I think they probably had a private conversation that said like, this is going nowhere, but let's just stick it out to be on the show. I can and that's why that. they're lighter. Zero pressure. I can agree with that. So Gina is with Clint's friends, Melissa and Elizabeth, and Clint is with Gina's friends, Ashley and Paige. Clint says the same thing. We're brutally honest. We're taking things slow. Her friends think that, you know, they have everything else and they just need to plant the seeds for it to grow. His friends tell her that if you hyper-focus on the things that don't work, it will tear them apart. I think they gave good advice. Um... Gina mentions that she was overthinking the moving in and they're on a good path. It was pretty I quick. thought their party was very short. Like they showed us very little. It is very little, but at least they get airtime. Sometimes I feel like Shaq and Kirsten don't get airtime. Mm-hmm. They're like in and out and then that's it. Yeah. But yeah. All right, guys, we'll be right back to talk about the couple's potluck. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And we're back. So the couples decide that they're going to have a potluck, and they're all meeting in the apartment, what I assume is the clubhouse. Um, They're all bringing something... Kirsten and Shaq have like this donut tower. I was somewhat impressed, but I was looking at people's potluck contributions for what might be store-bought and what people actually cooked. I don't think anybody cooked anything. Who cooks anything these days? <sighs> when you could buy. Convenience. The donut eh? tower. <laughs> that was cool. It's like dessert. So um, Nicole brings up uh, Mac and Dom because they're not there. And they're like, oh, did anybody text them? Because I never believe these things because I'm like, these people don't talk the entire day. Like, did they really not say anything? But then Mac and Dom um, walk in um, together. And then, you know, also, especially because in After Party, we find out that apparently Mac and Eris are best friends. So (laughs) (laughs) Jasmine seemed very salty to say that. But um, Mac says that, um, he's not excited about this. It's awkward and it's going to be sad to tell the other couples. And quite frankly, it sucks. So they sit there, Nicole, who has assigned herself den mother. Like I can totally see Nicole in the PTA, <laughs> <laughs> like being a soccer mom and just like, okay, guys, we're going to get our shoes. But yeah, it's like, she was the one hosting. I'm like, isn't it a potluck in the same apartment you all live in? She's like, thanks for coming guys. And he then gives a toast and all that kind of stuff. So Gina, everyone goes around in a circle to say how their housewarming party was. Gina says that she was very impressed with Clint's hosting, that he's a really good cook, and that given that it was all women, he wasn't sure how it would be, but he was like, do you want to do margarita and all that? She seemed actually really impressed. And like I said, she seemed lighter, but I think Aid put a pin in that bubble. Like, <laughs> Sorry. They just, they just decided to write it out. So, but I mean, I don't even know why she was surprised. This is Clint's forte. He's like a game show host. He'll be fine. He's like a game show host. <laughs> so Clint says, yeah, that he just wants to dive deep into Gina. I don't think he realized what he said because he sounded dirty and Gina was like, oh, <laughs> but he just kept going because he likes to hear himself talk. And he just said, I want to know things about her. He wants to know the crusty, like when she was five, what did she want to be? And, you know, Clint doesn't know when to stop. So Mac just blurts out, they were like anyone else. And from nowhere in the silence of the question, Mark is like, so has anyone had sex yet? I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And then I'm pretty sure it was editing. They do awkward music and then they go to commercial with everyone looking at each other like, is this man okay? So they come back and they continue to look, but then Nicole and Chris admit to having sex and everyone cheers and applauds. Shaq is like, score! (laughs) Whenever these things happen, I try to read for the envy. (laughs) Was it there? I couldn't see it. I think everyone's giving up. I think everyone feels beaten down. (laughs) 
They've been married for two whole weeks and they feel beaten down. How sad. Oh, how sad. Sad for us too, watching. So Eris in a confessional is like, well, Nicole is the only wife to get her back blown out. I guess blown out is the word for the season. And Clint goes further and asks them, so did anything crazy come out of it? And Nicole is like, yeah, we got crazy in the chandeliers and there's just all this talk about sex. And then we get this not weird confessional, but awkward confessional about Nicole and Chris talking about, oh yeah, we hooked up in the morning and it's the best way to wake up. It's better than coffee. We just go with the flow. I'm like, what? Whose choice was this? <laughs> and they kind of look at the end of it like they're being held hostage to this conversation. <laughs> like they didn't actually want to answer these questions, but it was like, as a price for your freedom is you have to tell us something. Yeah, because I'm like, so now do they have to list every time they had the sex? Like, come on guys. So Jasmine and Eris are being awkward, even though her hand was intertwined with his the whole time as they sat down. And they asked if they've had sex. And I think everyone's looking to Eris because Eris talks so much about sex before they got married. And she's like, yeah, there's no frisky and there's no anything going on here. And the mood is just meh. So she says, she tells them that she's never had to initiate sex in any of her past relationship. And then Eris that cannot read a room. He's like, yeah, that's new to me too. because you don't want to (laughs) so she's like yeah you can't say that because you're the one you're not sexually attracted but she says it under her breath which is something she does a lot in after party too so maybe she is not a good communicator (laughs) (laughs) um gina says they're not in love like relax it's not a biggie and then Shaq pipes in that you know kirsten wasn't attracted to him either and now she can't get enough of his bald head. And then we see Kirsten. They're sitting on top of each other, by the way. And she's rubbing his head and giggling. And then Gina seems shocked by the fact. I don't know why she was shocked. I thought we all knew that she didn't like the bald head. But anyways, Kirsten playing with the bald head, again, it irks me because I don't know where she stands. I don't I don't like not knowing. So <laughs> I want Shaq to come on after party so badly to explain what the heck is going on. It seems like we're not having any men. Like, we've seen Dom, like, three weeks in a row. Yeah. So. But, but the other part is Dom can't be on. Once <laughs> she's not really making appearances on the show, so they probably had a squasher in the beginning. I wonder how they can squeeze it out. Remember Chris and Alyssa? We, we, we saw them. And I kept wondering how they kept forcing that on us. And we saw Morgan quite a bit. So I'm interested to see if this is going to be a complete cutoff or if this is it. They say, I think Kirsten was the one saying that it will grow, but they have to allow it to grow. And I'm like, this is Kirsten giving advice again. <laughs> so <laughs> This show is famous for people giving advice. And you just look at them and you're like, looking at your marriage, I'm just not sure why you feel qualified to give anybody advice. Which is, <laughs> I will say sometimes their advice is good, but it just feels off. Yeah. Just the the messenger. Seems like the wrong messenger. So then they ask them, Mac and Dom, and Mac shares that they are getting a divorce. As soon as they say that, I quickly scanned the room for Gina's face to see if she felt envious that they got to do it and she didn't. But I couldn't get a read on that. It was was, uh, neutral. So Dom says, bold statement, because he added that he didn't want the divorce, but she asked for it. And Dom says, bold statement that she felt that he was unhappy 
and she only has good vibes and it was best for her to cut things off before it got toxic. Max says that, um, no, I was blindsided. Like I had faith in the process. And he says it wasn't really about anything else, but more about the belittling from the honeymoon. Clint says, you know, giving up is the easy way out. And I challenge you to step back and find something um, between you two. Kirsten says, you don't want someone to give up so fast because you don't want someone else to give up on you either. Shaq says, you know, they've, this is a confessional, that he doesn't think that they've ever had a real conversation. It's just been squabbles back and forth and everyone being petty. <laughs> Do you think he came up with that petty word on his own or he's heard dumb? I mean, it sounds like Dom, but then I think he lays more credence to the fact that the pettiness is not just one-sided. So, okay. I don't know. I, I I really wish we knew what the truth was. And I'm looking forward to Mac being on After Party. Well, I don't know if he can still be on there because I feel like we've heard so much of Dom's side that like, it would be interesting to hear his side. Yes. Or maybe he's not on there because she's telling like what she's saying is true and he can't defend himself. I don't know. Um, Nicole says like, I'm saying this with love because she's den mother and you're going to regret this because you're not even trying. I'm like, wow, that's so much for someone you've only known for two weeks. <laughs> but it is true though. Like, it is true. They have given up very, very quickly. The part that shocked me is how long it took them. Like they had conversations about sex and com- like, they appeared to spend quite a bit of time together before they were like, oh, BT dubs, we're not together anymore. Yeah. I completely agree with you. I think the thing is sometimes, even when something is the truth, you have to recognize your relationship with that person. And I just don't think Nicole was at that level with Dom yet. Okay. That's just uh, me. But yeah, you're right. Like, again, only she knows how she felt getting married, but it's just... The reasoning does not match asking for a divorce. I just, I don't know. Nicole asks, is it if there's any scenario where maybe if they take time apart and start afresh, maybe it could help. And Dom is like, maybe. And Eris just gets up and is like, cheers to maybe. And Mac is like, <laughs> yeah. And everyone's like, yeah. <laughs> like, uh-oh. So Mac in a confessional is like, you know, one day she's mad. Next she wants a divorce. And now it's a maybe all the back and forth is such a younger thing to do. It's what you do when you don't know what you want, when you aren't in tune with your emotions. Back and forth is a young man and woman's game, and it's the game that Dom plays. Um, I don't know how I feel about this because I feel like, again, I changed my mind after after party, but in the moment, I feel like I agreed with Mac, and I feel like Mac was showing his actual age or not, not his age, but Mac was showing a little bit of maturity because he's not wrong, but we don't know these people. And I don't know what's true or not. What did you think about what he said? Um, later on, I thought that he was, well, he was right. Ah, I'm the opposite. Later on, I thought, okay, maybe he wasn't fair. It wasn't 100% fair to blame it just on her age. I think they had other things going on besides just her age. But some of Dom's reactions are just like, you you know, you have to walk the talk. You can't say, yeah, oh, I'm this and I'm that and then not be those things. Yeah. 
my biggest thing with her is just the whole, I remember when they were fighting and she said, I don't want this to escalate to the point where we hate each other. And when she keeps saying it's going to be toxic and I don't want bad vibes. And I'm like, do you not have conflict resolution skills? That you're convinced that your conflict with this person is going to get toxic. Once again, after you guys have known each other for yeah. 10 days. Yeah. So that's where I think he's not wrong, where you're not in tune with your emotions. You don't exactly do it because you can't keep saying you want to get married. And at the first sign of anything, you're, you're, (laughs) oh my God, bad vibes. So anyways, so after the potluck, I will say this though. I gave Mac grief because he said maybe too. If you know, you did not want this. When she said, maybe you should have just said, I'm good. I don't want to play this back and forth. But then I thought about maybe this confessional was filmed way after. I don't know, but don't say maybe, and then come back talk in the confessional. Just say, no, I'm good. It would have been nice if we continued, but you can't keep going back and forth and saying you want a divorce now, maybe. And then we're going to try. I don't want to play that game. So. I mean, even when it was time to get divorced, Pastor Cal had to drag it out of Don. I'm over it. Okay, what does that mean? I'm over it. Okay, we have to explain in English what that means. Yeah. Yeah. So Donna Mac come back to the apartment and she asked what he thought about the party. Um, he said it was fine. And then she said it was so much pressure. But part of her was like, are you actually listening to me? Mac asked her why she said maybe. She said, well, everyone was looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. Everyone was looking at me and Nicole was giving me glaring eyes, which I did not appreciate by the way. That's what she said. Not me. Um, Mac asked, so did you say yes from peer pressure? And she said, yes. Like no, didn't seem like an acceptable answer. And you know me, I'm direct. I'm like, well, clearly you're not direct. (laughs) (laughs) Like I just love when a person, your actions have to match your words. Mm Mm-hmm. The stories you tell about yourself. I'm an honest person. Then when it's time to be honest and to deal with your choices as a grown-up, you say, oh, these people were pressuring me into it and you cave. You cave. You just crumple like a piece of paper. The minute some pressure is applied, instead of being strong and firm in a decision that you made. Yeah. Are you saying like when Alyssa says she's a good person? (laughs) Um, so he asked her, where do we go from here? And she's like, well, I don't mind being friends. <laughs> Mac is like, I don't want to be your friend. <laughs> I, I appreciate Mac for this. I really do. <laughs> because <sighs> we've discussed this on the Love is Blind after the altar episode on Patreon. There comes a point in your dating life where you need to say no new friends. <laughs> Very overrated. I don't know why people always want to be friends. Like you'll be all right. You met a new boyfriend, you'd make another friend. You don't need this one. I promise you. <laughs> um, Dom says in the confessional that she's not feeling good about herself. She's feeling like a carcass in the middle of the road that cars keep running over, that there's been job throwings, petty conversations, and she doesn't want to, that she doesn't want to deal with and incorporate into her life. I'm just hearing more and more that I mean, that Dominique doesn't know how to deal with not negativity, but like conflict, (laughs) like life is hard. So they hug awkwardly. She asked for a hug. 
and then she leaves. Mac tells us that, yeah, he's not interested in another friend. She doesn't know what she wants and she's not ready for a relationship and does not know what it takes and needs. And she's making the walk to the elevator. The camera follows her down the hallway, down into the hallway. And she's like, I don't want anyone walking around Nashville with hate in their heart for me, but you know, I have to respect his feelings. If he doesn't want to be friends, so be it. So she thinks she's going to go on a soul searching journey to piece herself together. I, you know, eat, pray, love. But you know what? This is the trajectory of people who come on maps. Like most of the ladies, after it doesn't work out, next thing we see, all they do is travel like 24 <laughs> 7. So it's on brand. So I won't uh, be surprised if we see that. I When she said that thing about nobody in Nashville walking around with hatred in her heart towards her, I was like, he'll be in Chicago. You'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to say, I want to start a new life. This place has bad memories, and this is why I didn't want to get... This, we should mark this down for the reunion. I wonder what city he's going to be in. My friend thinks that he doesn't have a job. She's like, what person moves around that often and that easily? I'm like, oh, his business. But even um, Jamie on Couples Camel's like, you keep saying you're in cannabis. What do you do with the cannabis? What is your business? And I'm like, that's true. I don't know. I just you sell it. <laughs> I mean, if you're in the cannabis business, you sell cannabis. My next question is, where do you get it from? But I don't know about that part. Yes, but where is it that big where he doesn't have to be there? Like, I think if you have a store and you have a small business, it requires a lot. Gina, let us know. But just in general, I mean, I'm kidding. But just in general, when you have a small business, you don't have the reliability of like a big company that runs on its own. So being able to be away from it that long, also Tennessee is not a a state that allows cannabis legally. It's not doesn't have legal weed. Okay. So I'm just how are you able to be away from your business that long? And it's These not are like all great questions that I did not. Think about. <laughs> I just heard Pastor Cal say the man ain't broke, and I was like, okay, he's all right. I believe he's not broke because, but then this is me putting my faith in them. They have to check their taxes and all that stuff. But again, we didn't see Mia's arrest warrant. So I don't know. But anyways, all these are all the questions that I'm like, yeah. So we'll see in the reunion. We see Mac packing and I'm like, why didn't you stay in the apartment? You want to go back to your basement? Like, just stay. Alyssa did it. Just do it. (laughs) It's a nice furnished rent-free apartment. $3,000 to waste. So he said, you know, they needed time and effort and he didn't get that. And he's looking for his forever person. And then the episode ends with next week where the previews always seem greater than what actually is. But it seems like Chris gets his own Clint moment. He does. Did he not learn? Well, he was trying to head his off at the pass. Boy. He was like, in, uh, let me do my math. In eight months or so, you're going to see something on TV. And I don't want you to be mad at me then. So let me just get out the way now. Wait, what? His whole thing is that in his stand-up interview after the wedding, he said that Nicole was a little bit thicker than his normal. And so oh. it appears to me that he's going to tell her that because he's like, I don't want you to see it and be upset about it when you see it in eight months or whatever. I do not even recall this. Oh, what I have a feeling Nicole is going to be like, I mean, he's fine. Like he just, I don't know, but she got all mad for Gina. We'll see. We'll okay. see. I don't know what he was thinking. I mean, on one hand, I do know what he was thinking. On the other hand, I'm like, I don't know what you were thinking. 
wonder if this man is not self-sabotaging. First nine months, now this. All right, Aid. Who has your bouquet this week? I cannot in good conscience give it to a single person on this show. Huh? If I had to give it to somebody, I would say I would give it to Shaq and Kirsten's four friends because they were nice. They gave good advice. They had good positive vibes. They were funny. That is who I can give it to. So Takina, Glenn, Christian, and I forget the fourth person's name, but the friends of Shaq and Kirsten. Okay. Who has your bouquet? My bouquet goes to Jasmine. Um, I mean, even though I just found out that she's a bad communicator, I am glad that she stood her ground and said that she did not want Felina to be in her home with her bad energy. Because when the first thing happened with the fake conversation, I actually thought that she took it lightly. And when we're in after party and they were asking, oh, what would you have done and all that kind of stuff, I didn't realize it actually like struck her. Like this woman just called me fake and I don't even know you from Adam. So I'm glad that she stood her ground and said that she wasn't allowed to be in her space. Who has your burnt ashes? My burnt ashes go to Eris for inviting Felina to the housewarming. (laughs) Now he may have invited her knowing full well that she was not going to come. But I just felt like your wife asked you not to invite one person. She has legitimate reasons for not wanting to be around that person. If there's time for them to repair their relationship, I don't think this event is it. So why did you feel the need to invite her? I think uh, he would have made a good guest this week on After Party. That is a good question. So who has your burnt ashes? Oh, Felina. (laughs) Just the bad vibes, the whatever. I just, it's too much. Like you said it in the beginning, don't get married. You said it at the wedding. Now they're married. You were rude to his wife and you're still going on like, How are you helping? Let's try to help the situation, not be part of the problem. It was, yes. Felina is an unfortunate cloud when she appears on this show. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully we've seen her for the last time until the reunion, but we'll see, guys. We'll see. That's it for this week. You can find Tane on the Rewatch with Nana. They just finished covering season 6A of Sex and the City. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at AlterCallMAFS. That's A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. We love hearing from you guys on social media. We're available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for your support and for listening to our show. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. Please give us a five-star rating if you're so inclined on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And also we forgot to mention to you guys, for any one of you who use CastBox, we didn't realize that there was an issue with it, but it's all good now and there should be new episodes out for you. And we will see you next week for the next week's episode. Bye. Bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.